Welcome to Faith Bible College International's podcast, where we share spirit-filled preaching, teaching, and encouragement. For everyone living to make a world of difference in their life and the lives around them with the good news of Jesus Christ. All right, open your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 5 while you're standing. I might need just a little more volume here, Stephen. I, I don't know what's wrong with my voice, but um, Acts chapter 5 is where we're going. Thursday is Senior Preaching Chapel, and Eden and Julia and Ken are preaching on Thursday, so I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so, so good, and I love that. I, I would not want to miss that. Acts chapter 5, verse 1. If you're there, say, I'm there. there. Now, you don't want to keep your Bible open. I didn't put anything on the screen. That's for the heathens. Uh, You got your own Bible. (laughs) Acts chapter 5, verse 1. Ready? Now, a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira likewise sold their farm, and they conspired to secretly keep back for themselves a portion of the proceeds. So when Ananias brought the money to the apostles, it was only a portion of the entire sale. God revealed their secret to Peter, so he said to him, Ananias, why did you let Satan fill your heart and make you think that you could lie to the Holy Spirit? You only pretended to give it all, yet you hid back part of the proceeds from the sale of your property to keep for yourselves. Before you sold it, wasn't it, your, wasn't it yours to sell or to keep? And after you sold it, wasn't the money entirely at your disposal? How could you plot such a thing in your heart? You haven't lied to the people. You've lied to God. Verse 5. The moment Ananias heard these words, he fell over without a catcher, for he was dead. Everyone was terrified. Wouldn't you be? Everyone was terrified when they had heard what had happened. Some young men came in from the hospitality team, and they removed the body, and they buried him. So, like, they didn't have any more church like this. Let's not do anything until he's out of the building, and the hole is dug, and he's placed in it, and then the dirt's over it. Okay, now let's, sister so-and-so, would you come and sing? That's what it says. So they didn't do anything until they buried him. Anyways, three hours later. (laughs) His wife came into the room with no clue what had happened to her husband. Peter said to her, tell me, were the two of you paid this amount for the sale of your land? Sapphira said, yes, that's how much it was, Peter told her. Why have you agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? I hear the footsteps of those who buried your husband at the door. They're coming to bury you too. At that moment, she dropped dead at Peter's feet. When the young men came in, she was already dead. So they carried her out and buried her next to her husband. The entire church was seized with a powerful sense of the fear of God. How many of you know why? (laughs) I wish it was like in the book of Acts. I doubt it. I doubt it. Fear of God, which came over all who had heard what had happened. I mean, imagine, especially with social media, if everybody that lied died. (laughs) Like like two-thirds of you. So, uh, so, uh, especially with that God said stuff that you're playing. Um, So, you can be seated. So, I want to ask you to help me with this text, because when we all read the text, we ask the Holy Spirit to speak to all of us. Um, so I'm going to ask for three or four responses, okay? What's the big, the big idea, especially you hermeneutics people? What's the big idea that you got? Go ahead and raise your hand. What's the, 
just tell me one big idea. What'd you get out of Acts 5, Ken? Obedience. Obedience. Very good. Excellent. Who else? Who else? Yeah, Willie. Holiness. Holiness. Really good. Seth. Disobedience leads to destruction. Really good. Right when I didn't think you were reading the text. Yeah. Honesty. Honesty. Anybody else? These are all really good. Yeah. Stupidity. Stupidity? Yes, that's good. Who else? These are good. Come on. Who else? Integrity. Integrity. Really good. Who else? Yeah. Pride. Pride. Very good. Here's mine. Are you ready? Here's mine. What, what was that one? Have a strong hospitality team. Have a strong hospitality team. <laughs> Have shovel, will travel. Evans. Greed. Greed. Here's mine. Be careful who you marry. It could kill you. I'm sure Ananias and Sapphira grew up in the same youth group, had the same pastor, maybe just figured they wouldn't bother asking him if they should get married because, you know, God said. And, you know, had the good feeling and went to Bible camp and... You know, and it was the only other person they were attracted to in the youth group, so it had to be the one. <laughs> right? Like, and, and we're not in, unintelligent. I mean, had brains. You know, had a future. Maybe went to uh, the Book of Acts Christian School and, and the yearbook, most likely to succeed. And, you know, homecoming king and queen. And, in the varsity Bible quiz team. Right? Had it all together and then they got married and became members of the church. But something went wrong and I, I'm, I'm here to tell you that there was something wrong in Ananias and something wrong in Sapphira and they weren't good for each other. And while they had all the spiritual reasons to marry... There were other dysfunctions that were not diagnosed. And literally, the worst thing that happened to them was they got married. <laughs> I don't think it started. It did not start with they had a good opportunity to make some money and get recognition from the stage. So there's this uh, reading, there's this uh, nuclear scientist in Maryland who last December got arrested for selling nuclear secrets to an enemy nation. And I, I got reading about it and he had little drop off points that he, and the person he was communicating with, he thought was a spy from another country, but it was actually an undercover agent from the FBI. And they had dead points. They had points that they would, and in fact, this one place he would drop, he dropped off a peanut butter sandwich with a computer chip in it with all the nuclear secrets for somebody else to come pick up. And so I'm looking at this article and I'm seeing his really nice, nice, nice looking couple and nice, you know, picture of he and his wife smiling, happy together. And I'm thinking, that poor lady, that poor lady, if that was my daughter, 
Anyways, uh, until I read further and found out she was doing the lookout for him. So he didn't go into it alone. She was a participant in the crime. And now, because of who she married, she's looking at 12 to 17 years of jail time. Be careful who you marry. Because it could kill you. And that's not the worst thing that could happen to you. Are you okay? I'm smiling. You should be too. I, I sense a nervousness in the serviceness. And, uh, and I want you to have some sobriety about what I'm talking about today. Like, we should have gone back to my days of being a student here where all the guys sat on one side and all the girls could sit on the other side so everybody could feel a little bit more comfortable right now. In fact, you want to? Let's do it. Go ahead. Guys over here, girls over there. Quick, go, go, go. You got five seconds. <laughs> if you don't know which side you're supposed to sit on, go see Andy Dreyer. He'll help you with what you should do. Oh, this is feeling... This is a real Bible college right here. Finally. Finally. Brother Richard says, I'm not going back. I, I've been set free. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. So they're grandfathered in. Amen. <laughs> she wouldn't let him come over here. <laughs> Just I'm totally teasing. I'm totally teasing. This is cool. I like this right here. Because you guys don't need this. <laughs> Ananias and Sapphira, it wasn't like they met at the bar. It wasn't like they got involved in a cult. They were in a Holy Ghost move of God. This actually literally was, I don't think, I don't think it even started as a spiritual issue. I think it started as a dysfunction that they were too spiritual to deal with. You literally can be full of the Holy Ghost, or let me just back up. You can be around the atmosphere of the filling of the Holy Ghost and be led astray. And so while Bible college seems to be a place that people think could be an opportunity to meet your future spouse, we carry a little responsibility here. And oh, by the way, as Evan said, yesterday was Valentine's Day, so this is my only Valentine's Day sermon. <laughs> First Corinthians, so far so good, right? So First Corinthians 13, verse 11. Who knows what's going to happen by the time we're done? Listen to these words, and you already know it, but I'll just read them to you. When I was a child, I spoke about childish things. For I saw things, somebody say, I saw things. I saw things like a child, and I reasoned like a child. So my perspective was childish, and the way I thought was childish. When you marry somebody, you're not only marrying who they are, you're marrying their perspective, and you're marrying their mindset. Not just their appearance. Right? 
He says, I saw as a child, I thought like a child, but the day came when I matured and I set aside my childish ways. You're not marrying a freshman, sophomore, junior, or senior. You're marrying... Bob Beale says that most relationships in marriage never leave the third grade level of maturity. So it is more likely that the person you're marrying is who they were when they were third graders. Now, if you're from the backwoods, I'm not talking about marrying kids. I'm saying their mentality, right? Their mentality. How do you like me so far? If I, if I do my job well, you're not going to want anything to do with them by the time I'm done. And if I do my job well, you're going to hate them by the time I'm done. And if that's so, then maybe we just start over again and try. Oh, here he comes. Here he comes. He's out of here. He's, oh, 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 no. <laughs> oh. Age. Look what he says. He says, as I got older, I stopped seeing the way I used to think. See, I stopped thinking the way I used to think. And then what did he do with his childish perspectives and childish mentality? It doesn't say he outgrew them. He says, I threw them out. Yeah. Maturity is not the a is not the product of age. How many of you have a crazy uncle that proves that right now? Like you thought they would have grown up by now. I know people that are 35 that act like they're 15, and I know people that are 18, and you have the maturity of a 50-year-old. Maturity does not guarantee, age does not guarantee maturity, and maturity is not always a byproduct of age. The only way you can get rid, because some of you think that you have doctrinal issues when the reality is you need somebody that's a little older than you to talk to you like the dad and say you don't really have a theological issue you have a you have, psychological is too heavy you have a personality issue but we like to cover our personality issues with theological arguments that's what the woman at the well did instead of talking about her dysfunctional broken life she'd rather talk about things of worship that's why you got to be careful with spiritual people because we learn to build a theology to protect this is what we ultimately do to survive we build barriers to protect our brokenness and the best way to protect your brokenness is a doctrine because then you can say God said which God says no I didn't and all of you that rock around saying God said I'm telling you you'll answer for it when you stand before him because if you did that to me you'd answer to me anybody goes around saying Matt Ward says no that gets taken care of and don't you think God won't either and so 
What Paul says is that you're not going to go to enough college. You're not going to go to enough revivals. You're not going to read enough books. You're not going to memorize enough scripture. I love that Psalm 117 thing, though. You're not going to have any of this enough to get rid of that third grade dysfunction. He's saying, Paul is saying, you have to put it away. Put away your pride. Put away your selfishness. Put away your moodiness. Put away your oversensitivity by which you're offended by everything. Oversensitivity is not a sign of spirituality. It's a sign of immaturity. It's a problem with your perspective and your mentality. You all okay? So my wife and I, my wife and I ate at a, I love oriental buffets. I love Chinese buffets. I love them. Amen. The marriage supper of the lamb will be a long panda express. <laughs> I declare that. I'm not saying God said it, but I'm declaring it as Pastor John said. So we went to uh, one in Brewer, and I don't know if it's even open anymore. But, you know, I went, and like an animal, I just grazed the whole thing. Like, and I'm coming back with a bounty. And, and Darcy comes back, and, and she's just like not happy. And I'm like, how can you not be happy? <laughs> what is there to be unhappy about? This is, this is 30 feet of happiness. It was happy China buffet. It was happy. Is this still open? I don't know, but it is. I shouldn't have said that. But anyways, she, I said, what happened? She says, well, I went over to the chicken fingers. Yeah. And she said, I saw a long hair in the chicken fingers. I said, okay, what'd you do? I said to the lady that was working there, there's a hair, because she wanted to help her, there's a hair in there. Oh, the lady said, okay. She goes over and gets a spoon, comes back and just mixes it into the chicken so you can't see the hair anymore. <laughs> Darcy did a 180 and came back to the table. And she said, that's what happened. And I said, well, I got a lot of food, I'm eating. <laughs> No, I'm serious. I'm a man. I don't care. I don't care. I'm eating this. And she waited for me to eat. Right? <laughs> Listen. You don't know it, but there's a hair in them chicken fingers. You can't see it, but there's a hair in them chicken fingers. <laughs> <laughs> now, now here's the thing about marriage that you don't know. You think it is Panda Express because Panda Express. What can you? What's? The, I always get like the three. What do you call it? What's the call? What the plate? The plate. The what? Like what's the different sizes at Panda Express? Bowl plate. Bowl plate. And bigger plate. The two skinniest guys in the school. They know what it is. <laughs> I don't know if I can believe you. I don't. <laughs> and I get the bigger plate, and I pick out the three things I like. And, and it's not that I don't like there, but I like that the best, and I don't want the rest of the stuff. Right. You do that when you're dating, but when you're married, you get everything. Yes. Who, who here eats crab rangoon? Yeah. 
Like I could literally throw up on your pen right now. That is, that is not only, not only is it gross, I'm embarrassed. To me, that's girls' food. I don't know what you guys are doing. <laughs> right? If I, if every time I ate at Panda Express, I had to have all the stuff, even the stuff I don't like, I would never go back. Please hear this. You might be in a relationship where you like two or three things. But you need to be in that relationship long enough until you find out where that third grade problem is. Well, God said, famous last words. In 10 years, you call, marriage is gone, got two unhappy kids, and we're trying to pray the Lord put the damage back together. When you should have heard the message and said, I probably could use some advice. I should have probably asked some people, what do they think? In fact, here's a sign that you're in the wrong relationship is that you won't. Childish. There, there is no perfect person. But I'm just telling you that it's not hard to say. I want to say it right. But I, this is what the Lord's telling me to tell you. You need a, on every level, not on the dating relationship only level, on every level, you are not in, the, you're not in playland anymore. You are in reality. And when you were a freshman in high school, you could make decisions that had very few consequences. But every decision you make affects real people. I read a stat the other day that in 2015, 80% of high school graduating seniors had not been on a single date. Why? Because of this. This has made us so people stupid that you literally have created a view of who people are and what they're like and how to read them by looking at posts and not having conversations. When you finally do have a conversation, your brain is so scrambled with falsehoods and filters and bragging and and false images that now that you're talking to this person for real you can't even you can't the the discerning of the holy spirit won't work anymore because you have an instagram view of life and and a snapchat concept of consequences well i can just burn this bridge this bridge and this bridge and nothing will happen oh Something will happen. And the reason that I'm preaching this and probably should preach this week after week after week after week is because in order to be in ministry, you have to have relationships with people. And if every relationship you're in is is a messed up one, your ministry is going to be, I don't care how anointed you are, your ministry is only going to go as far as you can relate. And if you're always offended and oversensitive, you're going to be a great accountant. But you're not going to do so good dealing with the hurting people. 
because I promise you hurting people are going to hurt you and you still have to help them. You can't talk about how hurt you are. Ministry is helping people who are constantly hurting you. So, how many of you have ever done the, the virtual reality thing, the, the goggles? How many of you have ever done that goggles? I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. So, I was reading today that, you know, the people, I love watching videos of people with the virtual reality goggles on because they're always slamming their head into a wall or falling over the couch or hitting somebody, right? I love it because it's self-inflicted pain with a guiltless pleasure for me. Amen. <laughs> like, I love it. But here's the thing. Insurance companies are saying that home, uh, home uh, 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 filing, what do you call that? Uh, claims. Home claims have gone up 31% because of this. Because people uh, have, have this and they think this is their reality and they're banging their head off of the fireplace. Look up here. If you're doing this to figure out relationships, you're just going to keep banging your head and God's going to keep telling you to go from this ministry to that ministry to this ministry. You'll never pastor church more than four or five years because you're doing this and your marriage is a mess and then you're the drama in your marriage is making everybody in your church crazy and you're putting way too much personal information out there in the social media world. What happened? <laughs> the divorce rate is going up amongst ministries and it's going to go up in your generation if you do dare to get married. Ministers, we, we typically like our pastors married. We don't like it when you're shacking. That's living together, by the way. You don't know what that means. Listen, listen. we need to have this as we view relationships. Stop letting movies tell you what romance is. And stop letting your parents' broken home tell you what marriage is. I know it's, I, you're gonna have to break free from the stuff that you've seen. You're gonna have to start seeing God show me the things I've never seen. And if you will build a godly marriage, the Holy Ghost can flow through your ministry. I heard James Robinson say down at Gateway Church, he said, I've noticed that my church does better when my marriage does better. Yeah. Nothing to do with hospitality, nothing to do with music, nothing to do with preaching, nothing to do with follow-up, nothing to do with assimilation, nothing to do with miracles. It was all connected to how the man treated his wife. It all had to do with how the wife submitted to her husband. And the man submits to the wife. It's all in the scripture. We all submit to Christ. But if all of your happy marriage moments are stuck on Instagram, it's just a matter of time. That you become another casualty of a thing called marriage. Okay. If you got engaged this morning, this would be a terrible service for you to be in right now. I need, I just, if you build all your romantic ideas off of country music, you're going to lose her, your truck, and your dog. <laughs> and a good dog is hard to find. I'll tell you that right now. 
I want to encourage you. Well, he's old fuddy-duddy. Okay, then you suffer the consequences. This is adult life. Well, I understand. Okay, no, that's fine. That's fine. Well, my mom said, okay. It's okay. No, what I'm just telling you, right? This is adult life. And if you could take wisdom and apply it, you'll, you'll have the blessing. But if you ignore it, my hands are clean. You okay? <laughs> Does God want you to be married? More than you want to be married. And I know that doesn't seem possible. But I know you got an urge to merge. <laughs> I thought that's pretty good. You got an urge. You got an urge to merge. This is your chapel, amen. Nobody's sleeping. All, nobody's looking at their phones today. Like, Ooh, this is actually interesting. I like this one. Am I telling the truth? Am I telling the truth? Am I telling the truth, brother Richard? Am I telling the truth, sister Richard? <laughs> Stop taking your cues from those who have been broken and start taking your cues from those who have done it. You seriously going to get your marriage advice and romance advice from Snoop Dogg? <laughs> Come on. Or Jason Aldean? You have no idea who that is, but country boys do. When I married my wife, and I was with, on July the 11th, 1992, which will be 30 years in July, but I knew her since I was six. I knew her since I was six in the same church. Some of you haven't had that advantage, but my, my parents went to, got saved in one church, stayed in one church, and... Uh, so, you know, I, I just don't think it's even possible for you to know somebody a year and have any idea what part of the Panda Express you don't want in your life. I knew that girl for 15, 16 years. I'm still figuring stuff out about her, right? But it's just like, it's like getting better and better and better and better and better all the time better all the time. If I was the richest man in the world, none of it would be that valuable compared to my wife. And if I was the poorest man in the world, I'd be the richest person on the planet. Because God gave me, I mean, I'm married up. You have no idea how far I married up. But I knew her for 15 years. And I'm still trying to figure this miracle out. Wow, it's been six months of heaven. It could turn into 60 years of hell. Well, I don't believe that. Again, you're adults. Blood's not on my hands. You're going to have to figure out. It's almost like God wanted to try to get you to this moment, so I'm not in any hurry. And some of you are like, the wheels are turning a million miles an hour, and that's okay. This is not like a one chapel decision, but I'm just telling you that, that if you've seen people take the marriage covenant lightly, you've been given a very poor example. This is so sobering. It ended Ananias's life. It ended Sapphira's life. They had a blessed business. They had a part of a great church. They were a part of an amazing move of God. But what they could have done for the kingdom of God was drastically shortcutted because they had an issue that they never did deal with. 
And if you've got this manic, panicking feeling, I've got to get married, I've got to get married. I'm just here just for God to put me in your way for a minute before lunch. (laughs) Everybody will be looking over the salad bar today. I wonder if there's anything in here I should not eat today. Have I scared you yet, or at least got your attention a little bit? No? Then, then let me just give you, that's my warning, okay? There's the warning. Done? Do you feel like you've adequately been warned? I got one major point to make at the end, but I read recently about a man who, whose girlfriend left him and uh, felt very jilted, so uh, he went to the courthouse because he wanted to marry his car. And uh, on the application for marriage, it said fiance's birthplace, he said Detroit. Her father's name, Henry Ford, and her blood type, 10W40. (laughs) (laughs) There are no perfect people. Okay, but I'm gonna leave that point to last. Let me get into, open your Bibles, open your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 13. I want to give you, here's the beauty of of God's word, is that God doesn't give us these warnings without direction. And I want to help you, and I'm not saying that you don't know this, but I'm going to preach it like you don't. 1 Corinthians, and if I was you, I don't know, put it on your phone, write it on your arm, write it on your neighbor's arm. I I want to give you some questions to ask about your, your relationships. Are you ready? Here's some questions to ask about your relationships. Number one. Are you ready? Number one, is this going too quickly? Is this happening too quickly? Is this happening too quickly? Maybe I'll preach this message every year once or twice or every week. Is this relationship happening too quickly? Why? Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 4, love is what? Patient. Wow. If this person you're dating is pushing you into a marriage, this is not what God wants. Because love is patient. Love is not driven. Love is not manipulative. Love is patient relationally. Okay? If the first time you meet this person, they want to know how many kids you're going to have. After marriage. It's too quick. It's too quick. If the first time you meet the guy and you're trying to see what he'd look like in a tux, love is patient. Number two, love is patient relationally. Love is patient emotionally. Love is patient emotionally. When I was in third grade (laughs) at Levant Consolidated School, we, we had about three winter months that every time we had recess, we would marry somebody different. I was never the preacher, but I was always getting married because I like getting married. And uh, the weird thing was I'd marry, I'd marry this girl in the morning recess and she'd marry another guy in the afternoon recess. Maybe that's not uncommon for your family, but it seemed kind of weird for me. <laughs> but as you get older, the emotions get stronger. As you get older, emotions get stronger. You, are, you, are, are you like emotionally, like out of control? Love is patient relationally. Love is patient emotionally. Love is patient physically. 
1 Corinthians 6, run away from sexual sin. It does not say run away from sex. It says run away from sexual sin. And any kind of sex before marriage is sin. The problem that your generation is having is everybody's having sex before, and a lot of it, before marriage. Then after they get married, they don't have sex anymore. My challenge as a pastor is not to get, is more than just getting unmarried people to live holy, but to give married people to live married. And if you fill your mind with this pornography garbage and you stay sexually active before you get married, it's going to destroy something wonderful that God has for you after you get married. Okay, so that's patient, okay? Is, so the first question is, is this progressing too quickly? Second question is, is this person kind? I know this seems like very basic stuff, but the Bible says love is patient and love is kind. Are you a nice person? Are they a nice person? I could preach that all day. I can't tell you how many people I've met married mean people. But because they were used to a mean parent, they, were used, they liked that treatment. How many know I couldn't get out of this message right now no matter how hard I tried? I mean, outside, outside the rapture, I'm going to have to finish what I've opened up this can of. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but if, if that person's used to their mother dominating the house, that person's going to be expect a dominating woman, which is out of God's order. There is an order to marriage. And your parents didn't set it, the word does. And your parents are, are nice people, they're not perfect people, and every generation should do it better, should do it better. But if this word sets a standard of authority in a marriage that you didn't see in your parents, you don't get a blank slip, you don't get a pass, God will hold you accountable. Man, you're supposed to lead the home, you're supposed to be the provider, you're supposed to be the leader, you're to be the guide, you're the protector. You're, if anybody threatens her, you are to be her bodyguard. Have I not told that story here? All my stories seem to connect around oriental food. Amen. I haven't told this story here. Have I? It's been a while. We were at, we were at, uh, we were at, uh, uh, was it, was it Colby? Colby Steakhouse. And, and we were having this birthday party. I haven't told this forever. Anyways. Um, and, and, and my wife is kind of coordinating my father-in-law's birthday party. And, and the manager, uh, 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 what's his name? Um, Lee. So Lee is, you know, so Lee's just like constantly, every time he talks to my wife, he's got his hands on her shoulder, hands on her back, hands on her shoulder, hand on his back. And I'm sitting there going. Yeah. And every time he comes in the room, I'm like. Just give him the stink eye. It didn't work. So he comes over, and she's sitting beside me. And we're sitting side by side, and he puts his hands, both hands on her shoulder. And I've had enough. Wham! I grabbed his hand, and I twisted his arm, and I said, don't you ever touch her again. Do you hear me? And he took off. He just left the room. He just left the room. I never saw him again. Two weeks later, I'm up preaching. My wife is mad. Sky Burl, like you never, there ain't a woodsman more woodsyman and backwoods than Sky. And Sky's looking at me like, what's the matter with you, you idiot? I'm feeling pretty bravo. I'm Jack Bauer. I'm no puppy. 
I am no chihuahua. <laughs> yes, Lord. Thank you. Did I say your name? Ooh. Oh. So anyways. See, I, we, this thing's going in other directions I never thought. I'm standing on the pulpit, Pastor Matthew Ward, preaching the gospel of Jesus, and I look down the second row to the right, and guess who's sitting there? Yeah. Lee. I'm like, yes. I'm going to get to talk to Lee. Now, I've forgotten about because it's easy to forget when you lose your temper. Not as easy to forget when somebody else has done it. So I see Greg Bazzelli and I, I run to Greg after service. Where's Lee? He's gone. Where? Home. Why? He's scared. Of who? You. Why? And he begins to tell me. He, he says, I said to Lee, you want to go meet the pastor? After? Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, oh no, I don't want to meet him. I'm scared of him. And suddenly, man, I was just like overwhelmed with incredible guilt and shame, which I deserved. So then Macy's got a birthday. Where do you want to go to eat? Colby Steakhouse. Of course. And they're all, and so we're sitting down and in comes Lee and everybody in my stinking little carnal family, just be careful who you marry, giving me the stink eye. <laughs> who do you think you are, Pastor Ward, Dr. Ward? I'm like, this is stupid. I, I see him, I see him sneak around and I cornered him out there. Oh, sit down, Lee. And he did, you know, he sat down. And he had nothing to be afraid of. He's an ex-Marine. But I'm a husband. <laughs> so I said, Lee, I apologize. I overreacted. It was wrong. And I said, I, I should not, I should have, you know, but where I come from, you don't put your hands on another man's wife. <laughs> He's where I come from. They do. And I'm like, well, I'm not going where you come from. <laughs> but we talked. And now I get 10% off every time I eat at Colby Steakhouse. So God is good. Amen. And every time I go in, he gives me a long embraced hug. Like he just reaches down and he hugs me over and over again. I'm like, man, that's even weirder. Now I'm like, my wife's over here. <laughs> She's right there, man. She's right there. Go ahead. Two shoulders. But the point is, but, but the point is, and I've done, I've had several moments. I, I saw a guy staring my wife at the movie theater and he's, and I drove my shoulder right into his chest. And I was, and Micah was like, dad, you're an idiot. I know I, I can't help it. I'm very protective. Now, again, that needs to be sanctified. But these girls need to be protected by these guys. And if these girls feel any threat, it's your job to make sure they're protected. They should not be threatened by you. They should not be afraid of you. They should think that they can walk through this place at any moment of the day. And if they see one of the guys there, they're safer here than in the arms of Jesus. But that's what a man does. A weasel runs. A weasel complains. A weasel gives excuses. But um, love is patient, love is kind. Love has said, I'm gonna protect you. And if you get one of, one of these guys over here and they don't protect you, run. 
protect. Maybe your dad wasn't a protector. Maybe your dad wasn't on the scene. But let the word of God speak to you today. A man protects his house. A man protects his wife. He'll put his life down for a friend. It's going rather well. Is this person a teammate? Write that down. Is this relationship patient? Is this person kind? Do they make me feel safe? Is this person a teammate? You cannot be competitors. Love keeps no record of wrong is what the Bible. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not proud. Love is not rude. Love is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. I failed at that one. Love keeps no record of what is wrong. If you can do one bad thing to him because he did one thing bad thing to you, you're going to spend the rest of your life doing bad things to each other. Well, you didn't call me, so I'm not calling you. You didn't text me, so I'm not texting you. That's your third grade self. Get away from it. Run as fast as you can. Oversensitivity is not spirituality. It's third grade mentality. Well, you, no, 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 no. You, 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 you have to, Lord, help me, help me. You'll only get the mercy you give. Let me just say this about, and I'm no marriage counselor, and I think the longer you hear me talk, the more it's going to be obvious. But there are things about my wife that I don't like. One thing about my wife I don't like. I forgot to live streaming this. The only thing I don't like about my wife is that she isn't here right now. So the only thing that might irritate me about her, I just have to assume, is my problem. But I'm not, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life trying to fix the things that's in her life that irritate me. I'm going to spend the rest of my life loving the things about her that drew us together. And if I'm going to try to make her into a perfect person, I will destroy her psychologically. I will destroy her emotionally. I will destroy her spiritually. I'm not trying to make her into the perfect, though I am a trophy husband. <laughs> I'm not... What I'm just saying is you can't get perfection out of each other. But you need to know each other long enough to find out what those imperfections are so that you'll be willing to live with those. Is that, that feels like nothing I just said could come out right right there. But what I'm trying to say is you've got to be more forgiving as you get older. That doesn't even sound right. Whatever. Next point. It's not about them, it's about you. What can we do to fix this? It's not, why, well, you keep doing this. How about what happens when I do this? Right. Let's stop talking about what you do wrong. What can I do better? Is this a person of integrity? It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices when truth wins out. I think that's an obvious around here. Lastly, is this person a quitter? Let me start, go back to in person of integrity. If they lie to others, they're going to lie to you. If they take from others, they're going to take from you. If they don't do what they say they're going to do when they've given somebody else their word, they're not going to do what they say to you when they've given you their word. How many notice that none of these things have to do with theological foundations? It's the character of God. 
Last, I think it's lastly, is this person a quitter? Love never gives up. Love never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. If you're dating somebody and you're constantly seeing them quit this, quit this, go to this, go to that, you might want to step back. That's why I would never marry somebody who wasn't faithful to church. That's why I would never marry somebody who wasn't faithful to a church. Because some people are faithful to the new thing, but they're not faithful to a thing. And I would judge somebody's ability to commit on their church involvement more than their class involvement. You gotta understand, I'm a president and a pastor. I'm gonna speak to you from both sides of this angle and tell you today that if you're in chapel and, and they can't worship unless they're on the stage, run. If they're not spiritual unless they're preaching, run. If they can't show up for work study, sprint. Lots of looks here today. Do you have any idea that everything that goes on around here is, is to just begin to show areas and if that area needs to change, let it change. But don't marry that person because if, if, if you know that because what if they decide to quit on you? Some of you raised in a home, your dad quit on your family, your mom quit on the family and to you quit is not crazy, but quit is crazy. Yeah. Quit is not godly. Quit is common. Quit is cultural. Quit is, e quit is what's going on in the world, but in the kingdom there is no quit. In the kingdom, he that endures to the end shall be saved and love perseveres. I talk to, I talk to people constantly Talk to a lady, she just, everything's falling apart, but she said, I'm not quitting. Now you gotta understand, my Lord, where's Dr. Bell when I need him? I mean, of all the days for him to skip on me. Dr. Peer was very strong on the sin of divorce. God got one of his last books. Would he and I align theologically? Not 100%. But I do believe that God still hates divorce. Maybe you've been through it and you don't hate it, but you should. And maybe you've been through it and you do hate it. But if you think, I went to Bible college, nobody that goes to Bible college would ever get divorced. Oh, really now? Morgan, can you think of anybody? Sister Bell, can you think of any? Alexis, anybody? Pearl, anybody? Can you think of anybody? Yeah. Could be you could happen to you. I don't believe in Jesus' name it will, but people not a whole lot worse off than you are have been through it. And you have to have inside your heart, if you can prove I won't quit on this ministry and I won't quit on work study and I won't quit on my class and I won't quit on college, that's somebody that you could stand up and say, now that's somebody that won't quit on marriage. But if you quit on lesser things, I would never want to put my life in your hand for greater things. Come on, guys. Come on, are you here? Are we going to change a generation? Or are we going to repeat the things that we've been seeing over and over and over again? Come on, how many are ready to just have a brand new culture of marriage and lifetime and sticking with somebody and making this thing work? Some of you have watched your parents go through some horrific things, but they stuck it out. Maybe you didn't have a perfect home. Maybe you didn't have what you needed growing up. Maybe it wasn't all emotionally right. There's no perfect house. It, 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 I mean, God had a couple kids and they were imperfect. 
right? I mean, God had a house with two kids and they screwed the thing up. (laughs) But I'm just telling you, a commitment will bring the blessing of God even if everything isn't perfect. Make a commitment. Prove you can commit to being married by committing to your responsibility. Prove that you can commit to being married by showing up for class. Come on. We're not saying that you've got to go to chapel or go home because we're trying to build a crowd. Like, who cares? We're trying to show that so that somebody who wants to marry can see Now, this is a person of commitment. But if you've got to jump from this to jump to that to jump to that, and then you want a reference from us? No, you don't want a reference from us. If you jump from this to this to this and you're always in something else and somebody asks me, would you give them a reference? I see, unfortunately I will. Get ready for them to jump from this to this to this to this. If you want a jumper, they're your person. And so far I haven't had anybody asking me for a jumper. They've asked for people that can commit and they can stick with a thing. The Lord is in this place and you may not like it, but I'm trying to help you to understand. You are adults. This is not junior high love. This is serious stuff. And if you want to do something serious for God, you got to get serious for God. And you got to get serious about relationships. And you got to be serious about marriage. Because God's got mighty things. Ananias and Sapphira could have done great. They could have funded the gospel to go around the world much quicker than it did. But because there was a problem in the buffet, it didn't get dealt with. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to know more about Faith Bible College International, please go to faithbci.org. And find out how you can enroll in our programs or partner with our mission. Again, thank you for listening to FBCI Podcast. Join us next time for more teaching and encouragement. Remember, you make a world of difference.